Hey, I got a question for you. Do y'all remember those letters that you used to have when you were in elementary school? You know those love letters that you would write and you'd say, Hi, I like you, period. Do you like me? Question mark. And then you would have the two blanks, you know, yes, and you'd have a square, or no, and you'd have a square, and you'd give that letter to whoever that person was in hopes for the right response, right? Because you knew that if they marked it yes, that, oh, man, they like me. And then you still don't do anything about it for three months, you know, because you just wanted to know. I just want to know if you like me or not, right? You know, and then, and then what was even worse was when they would send it back to you. I mean, no's one thing, because at least you know, right? But then they would put another square and write maybe with a check that one. You know what I'm talking about? And then you're like, maybe, what does that mean? You know? Well, either you like me or you don't, right? But we would get those, we'd do those love letters and hope to get a response. Well, let me ask you this. Do you know that God wrote a love letter? He wrote it to us. And can I tell you that you don't have to worry about his response. You don't have to worry about whether he loves you or not. Do you know that? You don't have to worry about him checking yes or no. It's always going to be yes. There is no maybe. There is no possibility. The love letter, the answer is always a return that he says, yes, I love you more than you ever could imagine. And the love letter that he wrote to us is what we know as the Bible. And there's a ton of pages. I mean, there's, it's full of information. There's all kinds of things that it is written in God's love letter. The Bible was written in three different languages. Hebrew, Aramaic, Ezra and Daniel were written in Aramaic, and then the Greek. The Old Testament was Hebrew, the New Testament was Greek. The Bible is about 611,000 words long. That's a lot of words, isn't it? The Bible was written by more than 40 different authors. Each book was inspired by God. That means that God told them what to write and they wrote it. The Bible was written on three different continents. People love this book so much, did you know that it's the most stolen book in the world? It's true. Bibles are regularly taken from hotels, hospitals, bookstores, and any place, really, any place that there might be, people just take them. The Bible, it's the most read book in the world. The Bible sees up to 100 million copies sold or donated annually. Approximately 20 million copies are sold each year in the United States alone. Do you know that they sell so many copies of the Bible that they don't even put it on the bestseller list because it stayed at the top of the bestseller list for years? They finally just took it off because it wasn't even a competition. They had to give somebody else a chance to get the top spot. But the Bible stays at the top because it's the most, uh, it's the most purchased or bought or sold or whatever uh, book in the world. The Bible was written over the course of 1,500 years. And I love what David says about the Word of God in Psalms 119. If you've got your Bibles, go to the longest chapter in the book of the Bible, Psalm 119. 
I'm not going to read all of it. There's about 100, I think there's 150 verses or 160 verses. I don't remember. There's a lot of verses, trust me. I'm not reading all of them today. We're just going to read a portion. Psalm 119, I'm going to begin at verse 89. Psalm 119, beginning at verse 89. I love what it says. I love reading the Word of God, amen? There's something about reading the Bible. Anytime you read it, you get something new every time you read it. You can read the same verse today, get something from it, come back, read it next week, and you can get something new from it. Psalm 119, verse 89, it says, Your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You establish the earth, and it endures. Your laws endure to this day, for all things serve you. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them... You have preserved my life. Save me, for I am yours. I have sought at your precepts. The wicked are waiting to destroy me, but I will ponder your statutes. To all perfection I see a limit, but your commands are boundless. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. You know, this passage alone should inspire all of us to want to read the Word of God more. Now, some of you may say, I don't like to read. And that's fine. You, don't, you know you don't have to read anymore? They're, they have this thing called a cell phone. And you know how many translations of the Word of God I have on here? If I, if I don't like the way the King James reads, I can pull up the New King James. I can pull up the NIV, the... ESV, the, the message, the whatever translation you want, you got it at your fingertips if you have a smartphone. And there are many of those translations that you, it will read the scriptures to you. You can just listen to the Bible. That's the great thing about this technology. Some people say, I hate technology. And I know sometimes it can be nerve-wracking technology, right? I mean, it can drive you nuts, just drive you absolutely crazy that you don't have nothing to do with it. Yesterday when we was watching the game, you know, it wasn't on normal TV, right? So I had to help my parents out, you know, get them set up so they could watch the ball game last night and all. And it's just one of those things where it's just like you want to just throw technology out the door sometimes. But then there's times like this when you can take this and you can learn and you can study and you can get more of what God is speaking to us and what God is saying to us. But we live in a day today that the Word of God is so uh, convenient. It's right there at our fingertips that all we have to do is read what God is telling us. But the thought of people just sitting down and consistently reading the Bible, sometimes it seems crazy. I told you, there's over 600,000 words in the Bible. And I think some people don't engage his word because we see it as more schoolwork or just knowledge to study or just out of a religious obligation. But God's word is different than any other book. Amen? Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is alive and active. 
sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You know, the Word of God is beyond just words. It's not like other books. And I know that there are many great books out there that will help you to grow in your life. And and there are books that will help you in school. and, And there are books that can help you with your finances and investing and different hobbies that you have. And and just leaning more, learning more about yourself. But the Word of God is different. The verse that I read to you, it says that the Bible is alive and active. It is not simply a passive historical document. Now, although it's one of the most sound and proven historical uh, documents out there, the Bible or God's Word is active today to speak and breathe life into your daily life. It's active. It's at work in your life. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 and 17 says all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work I want you to understand today there is life in God's word do you hear me there is life in God's Word that changes you when you come into contact with it. When you begin to read it and apply it to your life and put it into your life, there's something about it that it stirs inside your soul. And I promise you that if you will consistently engage the Bible on a daily basis, your life will experience transformation like you've never seen before. We need to make it a habit to encounter the living word. Allow it to get into your thoughts and habits. Experience the change agent that the spirit empowered, that spirit empowered word of God. Psalm 119 verse 30 says, the unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Now some of you grew up, you grew up in families where the word of God was an important part of your life. And you were in a family that tried to do what was right. Your family made God the center of their, of their home. And, 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 and there, was, there were some of you that the word of God was not even mentioned. It wasn't a part of your family at all. It was never a part of your home. And you remember a family that was dysfunctional. But here's the good news. No matter what type of family you grew up with, everything can change when one person decides to fully embrace and live out God's word. It's never too late to start reading the Word of God. It's never too late. Today I'm going to give you two things that you can do to access the wisdom and power of God's Word. I believe that there's a, the, the, the verse that I read to you, it's live and active. You know what that means? Everybody take a breath. If you have breath, if you're breathing, what does that mean? It means you're alive, right? If you get up off the chair, go do something, you know, move around, you're active, right? You're moving, you're, 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 you're doing the things that you want to do. And what happens as you stay active, as you are alive, as long as you are breathing, you're moving, you're, you're doing the things that you love doing, you're doing the things that you enjoy doing. See, here's the thing. The Word of God is alive and active. It's powerful. 
there's wisdom that we can give to us. So, so I'm going to give you two things that will allow you to access the wisdom and the power of God's Word. Are you ready for this? Number one, consume it. How many of you like to eat bread? Anybody? Is there anybody that doesn't like to eat bread? I mean, you go to what? Texas Roadhouse, they bring those rolls out, and then you get that, what is it, that uh, cinnamon butter? Is that the place that has cinnamon butter? Don't they have that good butter? You know, and you, you, you know, they give you a little cup. That's just not right, is it? They should give you a whole bowl, man, you know? But you take that roll, you open it up, and you, you dump that butter in there. You know, and, and then, or if you've ever gone, and I know y'all are like, man, I'm starving. Y'all going to make, you're, I'm going to make you hungry today because we're going to talk about some bread here. But, uh, uh, so I, you know, or, or if you've ever gone to um, uh, Longhorn Steakhouse and they bring out the bread, I think, out, I think Outback does it as well. They bring that bread out and that butter, you can just smear on there, cut you a slice off, eat that good stuff. It's good. The other day, my wife made some homemade bread. <laughs> How many of y'all like homemade bread? And can I tell you that when you walk in the house, oh my word, I just walked into heaven, amen? Is there not something about some fresh homemade bread that you just want to go, where is the bread? Cut me off a slice, grab me some butter, slap some butter on it, I'm about to put that thing down, amen? You know what I'm talking about. You know, can I get a witness to some bread here, some homemade bread? And, and so uh, uh, I want you to understand something about bread. Bread is just amazing. It just consumes the room, right? It just, it, it, it takes over everything. Now I want you to look at some scripture here. John chapter 6, verse 28 through 35. It says, then they asked him, what must we do, or what must we do to do the works God requires? That's what the disciples asked him. And Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, Always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never, did you notice that? He said, never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Now, this is a powerful message, a powerful passage of Scripture. Jesus is helping us make the connection between the supernatural bread that God sent 
his people from heaven in the wilderness to himself. He's com- making the comparison of the manna that supplied the, 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 the Israelites when they were wandering in the wilderness. He's making that same comparison to himself. He's saying, look, because if you remember the Israelites, as they're wandering around, they're doing all this thing, they never starved to death. They never ran out of something to eat because God consistently provided the manna. He consistently provided the bread for them. And Jesus is saying, look, I'm the same bread that was provided in the wilderness. And if you will partake of me, you will never go hungry and you will never thirst again. What does that mean? That means that if we consume the word of God, if we consume that word and we listen to it and we receive it and we take it in, we will never grow spiritually hungry. Do you hear what I'm saying? Never. Jesus is the bread of life. He's the sustaining life of heaven. The Bible says that Jesus is the word that became flesh and, and dwelt among us. John 1, 4, 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only uh, son who came from the father full of grace and truth. If you want a life-sustaining power working and operating in your life, then you need to get a hold of the all-consuming power of the Trinity. You consume the Word by making it a daily part of your life. You ever been raised to have manners at the table? I remember growing up, I liked to eat, as all growing boys do. We'd sit at the table. I was done in two seconds. Anybody else, you know what I'm talking about? You just sit down, you know, and you're done. I got something else I got to do. I got to go play. I got to go do something, you know. And so here we are. You know, we're always told to have manners at the table. Don't do this. Don't do that. Eat like this. Use your fork. Don't use your hand. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? We were always taught, can I tell you? That when you come to the table of God to consume his word, you can leave the manners behind and get all you can. Do you hear me? This is the one table that you don't have to have manners. You come and consume it. You get every part of it. Consume God's word like your life depends on it, amen? Because it does. Do you hear me? If you want strong relationships, consume the word. If you're married and want to see your marriage keep growing, get into the Word of God. If you're looking to raise children or you're raising children, allow the Word of God to be your teacher rather than just the latest cultural parenting trends. Are you looking for a better or healthier future? The answer is within the Word of God. Do you need to see your income or finances grow? It's in the Word. Consume it. How do you make your car go? Huh? We have to put gas in it, right? Or today you go charge it. Unless you live in California and then you ain't got any power grids out there so you can't charge your electric cars that they're all making you uh, go to. But if you live here, you have the option of both so you can either charge it or put gas in it, either one. I know, it's random rabbit trail. But we charge it, right? Or we put gas in it. And that's what makes it go. How do you make your body go? You eat. 
Anybody like to eat? I like to eat. You know? You can look at me and tell I like to eat. But I like to eat. And if I want to go, if I want to be able to do other things, I have to put something into my body. How do you make your spirit go? Do you hear me? You feed it with God's word. Consume the word of God. It's so important that you consume the word of God because the health and the strength of your life depends on it. You know, this past year, we've been reading the Bible through. For those of you that are are doing this, let me encourage you, do not stop. Keep reading. Even if you're behind, don't quit. Make it a point to finish the Bible. If you have already quit, we're going to do this again when January rolls around. Make it a point to consume God's Word. The best way for you to read the Bible consistently is to try getting a reading plan. We handed out a plan at the beginning of the year. Make it so that you can mark it off somehow as you read. It's so important that as you read, you're marking it off. What does that do? That allows you to see your progress, to see what you're doing. So the first thing is consume. And the second thing that you need to do to access the wisdom and power of God's Word is this. Let it consume you. You need to consume the Word of God and let it consume you. We live in a world today where a trip to church on Sunday morning will get you by is what people think. Can I tell you, that doesn't work anymore. And honestly, it never really worked. Don't just allow Jesus to visit you on Sundays for church, but you need to invite him to move in and take up ownership of your life. John chapter 15 verse 7 says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Jesus, he wants to consume your life, but he isn't going to just barge in and take over. He's at the door knocking. He's waiting for you to open the door and to let him to come in and consume you. The word of God isn't just like bread, but it's also like a seed that is planted in our life. It may start small, but it grows up and it takes over the whole body. Many people don't get the benefits from the seed of God's word because they don't plant plant it into their lives. Do you hear me? You know what I do if I want something to grow in my garden? I go plant the right seeds, right? I can't hope for watermelon if I plant a corn seed. (laughs) It don't work that way, does it? If I put this corn seed in the ground and I'm sitting there hoping and wishing and watering and, and all this stuff's coming up, and I'm sitting there, man, I hope this is a watermelon. It don't work that way, does it? It's just like if you're not putting the Word of God into your life, if you're not letting it consume you, guess what? The Word of God's not going to come out. If you spend more time watching television and, and, and playing video games and doing all these other things and letting those things consume you, guess what's going to come out? Do you hear me? We have to get the Word of God into our heart. We have to get it into our life. We have to let it resonate and go and be a part of our life. We must consume the Word of God, but we must let it consume us as well. If you want something good to grow in your life, you have to plant the right seed. I want Jesus to consume me, so I plant the Word of God in my life because Jesus is the Word. Think about how the Word of God is impacting and transforming your life. It's saving your soul, right? 
James chapter 1, verse 21 says, Therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. It's also renewing your mind. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. If you want to know what God's will is for your life, get into the word of God. Do you hear me? If you are struggling with some area in your life, get in the word of God. You can't get enough of the Word. Do you hear me? You can't get enough of what God is speaking to you and telling you. You know, we'll go and we'll read something that's interesting to us. We'll find the chapter that's interesting in the Word of God to you and start there and consume it and let it consume you. I bet you if you were to read the same passage over and over again, I promise you'll be saying, man, this is so good. I'm I'm consuming this. I'm enjoying this. I'm liking it. I think I want to try something new. Do you hear me? The Word of God is sustaining your body. Hebrews chapter 1, 1 verse 3 says, The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His powerful Word. After He had provided purifications for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. It's also, it's strengthening your mind. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. It's stabilizing your steps. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. The word of God is also empowering your life. Isaiah 55, 11 says, So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And this is just a small sample size. I'm not even giving you everything here. It's just a small part that God's word accomplishes. The key is to consume the word and then allow that word to dominate and consume our lives. And the way you will know that the Word of God is taking root in your life is when you begin speaking more like the Word of God and less like the culture around you. It's so important that we consume the Word of God. If you don't understand anything else today, I want you to understand you need the Word of God in your life. You need it apart. I don't care if you're just reading one scripture a day. I have an app on my phone. It's called the Version Bible app. I think probably most of you probably have it if you have a Bible app on your phone. But it will, you could set it up to send you excuse me, a uh, verse a day. A verse every day. It will sit there. At, it, my phone alerts me at 8.30. And it sends me the verse of the day. Now, I'm doing our Bible reading, and I'm reading through the Bible each week, so I have, or yeah, each day, so I have my daily reading that I read. But then at 8.30, regardless of what I've already read, it sends me a verse for the day. And if you will set that up 
to where you're getting a verse of the day, you're taking in the Word daily. You're taking it in every day. We need the Word of God moving and living in our life every single day so that when we see that, we can read it. And let me tell you something. I, I truly believe that if you will set that up on your phone, I truly believe that whatever kind of day you may be having, you pop up and you see that scripture and you read it, I believe it's going to change your life. I believe if you, ha- if you started out as a sorry day, then I promise you it will change your life. Why? Because you're putting what God wants you to have into your heart and life. And I believe that there will be times that you will receive that scripture of the day, that it will be something that is meant exactly for you. Why? Because God wants to be a part of your life. He wants to consume your life, and he wants to be consumed by you. God's drawing you to him. And it's good to allow your heart to move closer to God and to encounter his presence. God's word isn't just about teaching us about him, but it's an invitation to come close and know him. The more you engage God's word, the more you'll encounter his presence. Amen? It's so important that we consume the word and allow the word to consume us. It's so important that we make it a part of our life. I remember growing up, vacation Bible schools, Sunday schools, kids' church, and I remember learning scriptures, memorizing scriptures that I still haven't forgotten. And when I need something, I can go back and remember. I need the word of God. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I remember things. John 3.16, we should all know that one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We let those scriptures in our hearts. I remember they used to teach us the scriptures on the Roman road, you know. Roman was 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. You know, one of my favorites is Romans, I think it's 5.8, for while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. These are things that we know. We have them implanted in our heart and into our life so that we can take those, let it consume us so that we can walk in the paths that God wants us to walk in. It's so important that we consume the Word of God. It needs to be a part of our daily life. It doesn't need to be something that we just come in here and receive a little bit on a Sunday. Do you hear me? It's something that we should take and we should read and we should understand and we should, and if you don't understand something, then go ask somebody. If you read a verse and go, I don't get it, then I expect you to come talk to me and say, hey, I don't get this verse. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to look at it and if I, know what it's, if, if I know what it means, I'm going to tell you. And if I don't, you know what I'm going to say? I'll tell you next week. Then I'm going to go and I'm going to search it. I'm going to look it up. And I'm going to come back with an answer. But we need to be consuming the Word of God. Because when we're consuming the Word... Can I tell you, just a little dab isn't going to do us anymore. We're living it in a world that we are coming to an end. It's getting closer every single day. You can see prophecies being fulfilled. It's time that we understand that we need more than just a Sunday morning service. 
We need God to be consumed in our life every day. And the only way we can do that is through his word. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for this time that we can come here today and to hear your word. God, I pray that we open up our hearts to receive from you. God, I pray that we open up our lives to to receive from you, that you would just speak into our hearts, speak into our lives. I desire to know you more than I've ever known before. God, I just pray right now that you would consume me. Consume me, Lord. Lord, I receive your power and your strength today. I want more of you, more of you than I've ever experienced before, God. I need you today. I need your word today. I need your word to come into my heart, to light my path, to show me the path you want me to go down. God, I love you, and I praise you, and I thank you, Lord Jesus. Can we just worship him right where we're at? Just take a moment right where you're at. Make that your altar right there. And just tell him what you want. God, maybe you need him more in your life. Maybe you want him to consume you. Maybe you need help making the word a priority. Whatever it is that you need, if you need help, instructions, whatever I can do to help.